0: Turn with me to the book of Genesis. This morning we want to look at the spirit of God in the book of Genesis. We all know the creation account. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number well, verse number 1 and 2. We want to look at verse number 2. Genesis chapter 1. We're looking at we're going to look at four references to the spirit of God in Genesis. And you need to write them down, mark them down, go back and look at them and, and see uh, what the word of God says. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1, God created the heavens and the earth, all you see, all you don't see. Verse number 2, earth was a soup of nothingness. This is what, the message, uh, the message? All right, well, that that's okay, that's good. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness and inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God's spirit, or the spirit of God, was hovering. The spirit of God. The word there is is, is ruach, and we all know that. The Spirit of God is the power, Where see, is the power of God. That word where it says the, God's Spirit or the Spirit of God brooded, some say hovered, some say moved, but this is a good translation saying brooded. God's Spirit, the word used for God's Spirit in Ruach is a verb. It's a, in a verb form, meaning faith is a verb. Action. It means action. It's not a noun. It's not a complacent. It's not a stationary thing. When we look at the word for God's spirit, it's an action word. Meaning God's spirit is alive. He is a person. He is powerful. He is God. And when he hovers or broods over something, something is taking place. He is doing something. He's not sitting there. He, he's, he's not sitting there with a camera taking a picture of, uh, of the abyss. He's just not passing by or blowing over it. That's not what the word means. The word God's spirit brooded over all of that stuff that was nothing and blank and wastefulness. He was brooding over it. He brought himself over it and he began to work. He began to do something with all of this soup of nothingness. The Spirit of God was going over something that was nothing, a mess, and He began to work a work that only He can do. He worked upon that which was formless and lifeless. He was separating it and quicking it and He was preparing it for life. When you get a chicken or a hen that, that gets over her eggs, she's brooding over them. She sits on them to keep them warm. She broods over them until they hatch, until life comes out of that. And The Spirit of God was hovering over that which was nothing. There was no life there. And it was no primeval soup. It was, it was a mix, but God was hovering over that and God was going to make, He was about to make something out of this nothingness. And how was He doing it? By the working of the Holy Spirit. Working on things that were dead, empty, nothing. And He began to make a change in something. Something. He began to make a change, a transformation. We talk about the transforming power of God. God was making a transformation in this life with all of this stuff. And we know that God took nothing and made something wonderful. Stay here. But if the other verses, we know that God created heaven and earth and everything that comes out of it. He created something wonderful out of it. When God moved over our life, before we came to Christ, we were just like this. Empty. Nothing. Void. But God brooded over us. And when we came to Him and put ourselves into His hands, He began to make something wonderful out of our lives. And He's still in that process. God... Began to speak. See, God moved over this and the Spirit of God was working. And as He worked, God spoke. God wants to speak into your life. God moved over you by the working of His Holy Spirit. Everyone here was drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ by the working of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God draws us to Christ. Christ saves us and redeems us. And once we are drawn by the Spirit of God to Christ, once Christ saves us and redeems us, then the Holy Spirit starts brooding and God starts to speak into your life. God gives a sequence of things. We see the account here, but we're going to stay right here. You see the account where it says, God spoke and he said, let there be what? Light. God has a progression of speaking things into existence and speaking things along. God has a progression. And first he takes us. And he, he, he brings us, the Spirit of God brings us to Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus also said, I am the light of the world. John, 1 John, where we were studying, it says that God is light. And so when we come to Jesus, when the Holy Spirit brings us to Jesus who saves us and redeems us. It is through the Christ that we are saved and redeemed. But the Holy Spirit's work is to bring us to Christ, to draw us to Christ. And then we choose. Do we want to be new creations in Christ or not? Unless the Holy Spirit draw you, unless the Holy Spirit bring you, you cannot come. And the Holy Spirit, we know it is God's will that none perish. So the Holy Spirit tries to draw, is working, not tries, is working, drawing every man to Christ. Some resist, but the Holy Spirit keeps on drawing because He knows their life is precious and valuable. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring them to Christ, to where they can hear the Word of God, hear that Jesus Christ was a Savior and Redeemer. And once you come and receive Christ, and you are born again, then God begins that work. Amazing grace. I once was blind, but now I see. The minute we come to Christ, the Spirit that is brooding over us opens our eyes to the light of God. God is light, to His light, to His truth. And so God speaks truth into our life. Because there was darkness, there was nothing. But when we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit, through Christ, God speaks the word and the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and now we can see the truth of who God is, of His love, of His mercy, of His kindness. And the light separates the darkness. It says, when God spoke, let there be light. And then it said he separated the darkness and the light. When we come to Christ, God speaks into our life, giving us understanding that there's a separation of light and darkness. The Bible tells us the two can't go together. We're either hot or cold. We're either darkness or light. And the Bible says God is light. Jesus is light. Abide in the light. Live in the light. So the light, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to the light of the truth of the gospel of Christ. And he shows us. He begins to teach us through his truth. What is right, what is wrong. What is darkness, what is light. The path to walk on, the path to avoid. So God speaks into our lives when we come to Christ. He brings light into our lives. Because his word spoke it. Let there be light. He speaks into your life. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light. You didn't turn on the light switch. God spoke it into your life. Let there be light in Brandon's life. He's a new creation in Christ. Let there be light. And the Holy Spirit brings and illuminates the light to us. Then he speaks and he, he speaks foundation into our lives. Into the earth, he spoke foundation and boundaries. And Christ becomes the foundation upon the rock upon whom we stand. And God gives us boundaries. How boundaries? His word, His teachings, our boundaries. That we shouldn't go to the left or to the right. Stay on this road. God says our boundaries. When we are new creations, our Christ, God speaks to us words of life, words of teaching that teach us to stay on that straight and narrow course. Touch not the unclean thing. Those are boundaries. God says stay on this foundation of Christ. Whom I've given you. God speaks into your life to establish you. He gives you light. He spoke life into your life. Now He speaks foundation and boundaries. He wants you to stay on. That's why He says, I am the Lord your shepherd to lead you. And to guide you. And he says when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you and guide you in all truth. And he will bring to remembrance everything that I said. So the Holy Spirit keeps reminding us, stay on that rock of your salvation. Let me guide you in the way that you should go. So the Holy Spirit is brooding over us. Bringing forth the remembrance of the word of God and leading us and guiding us on. And as it goes on, it says that that God, after He created every... after He set those things in place, see, God brings you light that you can know the truth. Then God begins to to teach you. and, and, And if you're receptive, as we're receptive to the teachings of God, God begins, through His Word, He speaks fruitfulness into our lives. He made everything to be fruitful, to come forth in abundance. And so God speaks. Remember Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I am in you that you will produce much fruit. Fruit. He goes on, but his desire is extravagantly abundantly exceedingly much fruit. And when God created, when God created, he spoke fruitfulness into what he created. The earth is God's creation. The sea is God's creation. The sky is God's creation. And He spoke fruitfulness into everything He created. Be fruitful. And God speaks into your life. You're a new creation. He's spoken light. He's spoken boundaries. He speaks fruitfulness into your life. And so that's the working of the Holy Spirit again in our lives. The Spirit of God hovers over us to bring forth the Word of God, the promises of God to us. The spoken Word is God's promise, is God's power to you, that God, through Christ, brings forth fruitfulness into our lives. And as he's doing all this, he said, after he's bringing that, he says, let us make man in our image. God speaks into our lives that we become formed and fashioned into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. So God is concerned. God speaks into our life. The Word of God is alive. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God will not return void. And God, speaking to creation here, but God is speaking to the new creation. He's created in you. You're a new creation. Creation. You are... You are a new creation. Yes, amen. And God speaks to that new creation. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Let there be light. Let there be boundaries and foundation. Let there be fruitfulness. Let you become fashioned to the image of my Son. Let us make man in our image. God's desire is to make you speak into your life so that He forms you and fashions you into His image. This is the word of God to us. God speaks into your life. Be like me. And then he says, after he created that that new creation, and he created Adam and Eve, and he he says, you're in my image, in my likeness. Then he says, I give you all power and authority. God promised us as new creations that he would give us power and authority, and he speaks that into our lives, and how does it come? We just read the verses this morning, wait until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit from on high, then you shall be my witnesses, then you shall have power over all creation. Jesus says, I have given you power, Jesus says to his disciples, over all the forces of the enemy. Why? Because God spoke life into you. God spoke foundation and boundaries. He set you on the rock. He set you on Jesus. He set you and secured you on His Word. He's bringing fruitfulness out of your life. And He's giving you, He's making you into His image. And if you're made in the image of God, if you're a son of God and a daughter of God, God speaks power and authority into your life. You don't have to ask God to do it. God has already spoken it into your life. We need to receive it and say, Thank you, Lord, for the power and authority you've given me over all the forces of the enemy, over all things. God has filled Adam and Eve right back here with power and authority. That's God's design for His new creation. God's design for us as new creations is to fill us with power and authority for His glory and for His namesake. God's design was never for principalities and powers of of wickedness to rule over your life. That is never God's design. God's design is that you rule and reign over all the forces of the enemy. God said, I made you more than conquerors. Anything you ask in the name of Jesus shall be done. Why? Because power and authority has been spoken into your life through the Word of God, through Christ Jesus. And it's been given, the power has been given by the power and working of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the power of God given unto you. So as you speak the Word, the Spirit of God is the enforcer. I'm, I am the power of God, that His Word, I will do what His, I will make happen what His Word says. The Spirit of God, hovered over, God spoke and the Spirit made it happen. The Word of God is power. You don't separate them, they're together. The Word of God and the Spirit of God is spoken together. And he, so God gives us, He speaks power and authority into our lives as new creations. Are you a new creation in Christ? Then receive the spoken word of God to your life. Receive the promise. We read it. You shall receive the promise of God. God is not a man that He should lie. If God said it, He will do it. If God spoke it, he will bring it to pass. God said, wait for the promise of the Father who will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Then you will have power and authority. God has already spoken it and has already poured it out. We just need to say, yes, Lord, I receive it. I desire your promise and your word. I accept it. God spoke it. It's spoken into your lives. And then Jesus, he said even unto Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. God speaks into our lives as new creations. He's given us all this. He's given us light. He's given us his word. He, he's given us a, a fruitfulness and made us in his image. He's given us power. And now he says, go. Go. And multiply, be fruitful and multiply, make disciples. Jesus told his disciples, Go ye, my new creations, into all the world, and make disciples of all men. Come to me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Be fruitful and multiply. Not so much about having babies in the physical, it's about having babies in the spiritual realm. Go and multiply. Make disciples of all nations that none should perish. So just as God spoke back then to Adam and Eve, God is speaking to his new creations. Go and multiply. Jesus gave, them, gave us the command, go into all the world. It wasn't just for the twelve disciples. It was for all his disciples, to everyone who believes on the name of the Lord, go ye into your workplace, go ye into your neighborhood, go ye wherever you may be and make disciples. Share the gospel. So God speaks into our lives to know that his desire is that none perish, that go. And God said finally in his days of creation... Finally, he looked at everything he made and he said, it is very good. It is very good. God looks at your life and he says, it's very good. We think our lives are not very good. But the Lord looking at you after he has spoken into your life and recreated you and poured all of this wonderful goodness into your life, he looks at you and he says, you are very good. My son, my daughter, you are very good. The enemy lies and says, no, you're not very good. No, you you stumbled and bumbled and you blah, 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 blah. The Lord says, you're very good. You're his son. You're his daughter. God's spoken into your life. He's redeemed you, made you a new creation. He's at work making you fruitful. He's working in you to save lives. He's working in you to to bring his name glory. You're a new creation. Listen, you're a new creation in Christ. You are very good. You are very good. Are we perfect? No, but we're very good. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, a new spirit will I put within you. A spirit that's going to tell you and confirm to you, you are very good. You are the apple of God's eye. You are very precious to the Lord. Even though we doubt sometimes, even though we mess up at times, even though we stumble at times, even though we fall at times, God says, you're very good, get up. Remember when we went over the vine and the... When we were talking about the branches and the vine, when that branch was was down, dying, dead, in the in, in the being covered with dirt and mud, the Lord came, washed it, cleansed it, put it on the on the vine where it can get sunlight and air and become fruitful again. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let someone come alongside of you and say you're not a Christian. You are very good. God says. You are very good. You're a work in progress. You're very good. You're very good. God creates us for a wonderful purpose. Ashes are up here. But God says, I'll give you beauty for ashes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 45:18 stay here Lindsay let me just read this to you or oh, go ahead Lindsay you can go there Isaiah 45:18 For thus says the Lord who created the heavens who is God who formed the earth and made it who has established it who did not create it in vain who formed it to be inhabited I am the Lord and there is no other God says that He created the heavens, He formed the earth and made it, He established it. He did not create it in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. God did not recreate you in vain. You are a new creation in Christ. You're not created in vain. He created you to be inhabited by Him. You're a new creation in Christ. You are the temple of the... Living God. God, The temple of the... Holy Holy Spirit. You're a temple. The Word of God. This is what the Word of God said. I didn't just make this up. The Word of God says you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a new creation made to be inhabited by the power of God that... You're a new creation, meant to be inhabited, lived in by the living God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God wants to dwell in you. The Bible says He created everything to be inhabited. Not to be a trophy, something on the shelf to be looked at. To be inhabited. Means God wants to be active, alive, living in you. Think about that. Think on it. You're a creation that God made so that He can live in you. Oh, who am I? Get that that stinking thinking out of your head. Who Who are you? You're a child of God, a new creation that God wants to, God has declared, I will live in you. Who are we to say, Oh, who am I? Lord, you cho- your desire, your desire is to live in me with all your power, for your glory. Yes. I am a child of God, a son of God. Yes. See yourself as someone made to be inhabited by the Lord. Not because of who we were. But because God chose to make us a new creation, we are who we are. And we must acknowledge it. And in acknowledging we sang that song, Be glorified. Lord, as you inhabit my life and fill me with your power and make my life fruitful and, and all, that you are glorified. So the glory of God is, and God created you to be inhabited and his desire is to inhabit your life. You see, if you go back to Genesis chapter number 2, it says, without form. When the Spirit of God hovered over something that was without form, it meant something that laid waste, was desolate, was a worthless thing, was full of confusion and emptiness. And that's how we might feel sometimes. But when the Spirit of God works in you, he gets rid of all of that emptiness and confusion and vainness. And he, he brings in confidence. And he brings in worthiness. And he brings in that you are my son, my daughter. You are valuable. You're not nothing. You're not emptiness. You're not confusion. Our God is not a God of confusion, the Bible says. Huh? but a love power peace he's all these things so God the Holy Spirit hovering brooding in your life work, hovering over you he's in you now he's not hovering over he's brooding over you he's in you he's work he's cleaning you from the inside out God we clean ourselves you know we work on the outside but God works from the inside out. So the Holy Spirit gets in there, and he's he's in here, and he's in here, and he's saying, Pastor Al, oh, this has got to go. And and he's he's working in me. He's working in you to get rid of that stinking thinking of of I'm worthless. You're not worthless. Christ Jesus died for you. You're not worthless. The son of the living God came down from heaven, gave himself for you, that he can live in you and change you and work in you and make you someone for his glory. Void. Another word that means emptiness. God doesn't. He makes us fruitful. We're not empty. We're full of. Of, of, of the blessings of God. We're full of the fruit of the Spirit is Pete. You, you can name them all. You can go through all the, the fruit of the Spirit. God is, doesn't create us and look and say you're empty. The Spirit of God makes fruitfulness come out of your life. All the fruit of the Spirit starts to come out of your life. You're in abundance. God fills you with that. And darkness. Darkness speaks of misery, destruction, ignorance, sorrow, all wickedness, sin. God cleanses us from all of that stuff by the working of His Holy Spirit in you. As we listen to the spoken Word of God and the written Word of God. The written Word of God is the spoken Word of God. The Logos. We read the Word of God. But the Word of God is alive. It's an action. It's a living thing. The Word of God. We say, yes, Lord. And once we say, yes, Lord, the Spirit of God says, (laughs) He starts to work in us to make that Word transform us and alive. The Word of God is living. We just need to agree with it. And that unleashes the Holy Spirit to change and do what He's got to do inside of us. That's why the Lord says, "Believe, just believe on the Word of God." And as you believe, the Spirit of the Living God works in you, making a new creation out of you. Like, see, God has already spoken, and the Spirit of God is—he—he he doesn't do against your will. He will not violate your will. Someone asked, "Why? If why is why is a man?" Why is the man allowed to do evil to a believer? Because God will not violate that man's will, even though he wants to do wicked. God will not violate your will if you want to do righteous. So God says, you have a will and I will not violate it. If you want me to come in and unleash my power and change you, I will, I've already spoken it. You just agree to it. Just agree to it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We've got to start saying that. Yes, Lord. I mean, not just, and I'm not saying that lightly. We need to say, yes, Lord. As we read the word of God and meditate on it, we need to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I agree with your word. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So we need to just put ourselves before God and allow his love and his Holy Spirit and his word to to work in us. And I want to just go through three more references real quick here. The second reference is Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And John, in John chapter 20, when Jesus says, and he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. God breathes into your life the breath of life. He fills you with the, with the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is the power of God to transform your life. Jesus is the Word of God. He's our Savior and Redeemer. But the Lord says, wait until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Breathed on them. He breathed on them. God breathed into man and he got life. He became alive. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3 is a third reference. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed for men once to die, but after this to judgment. The Bible says here in Genesis, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. As I said before, The Spirit of the Lord is always striving with man, meaning trying to draw men to Christ. He's always, and men are always resisting. People are always resisting. And so God is striving in the sense that He's trying, doing all He can to bring men to Jesus, to the Savior, that they can be saved. The Word says, uh, it is God's desire that none perish, but that all come to the saving knowledge of Christ. And so the Spirit is striving with men in the sense that He's trying to bring them to Christ. Why? Because it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. He says, "My." Spirit shall not uh, strive with man forever, because it is only while we live that we can choose Christ. If we die and go to our grave and go and and depart from this body, we cannot have another chance to choose God, Christ. So God's Spirit will not strive with man forever. It will strive with man for as long as he lives in this body. That is why. The Bible tells us to go and make disciples. Because until, as long as we live in this body, the Spirit of, the, of God is striving with us. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And so he says, I won't strive forever. When this life is over, the choice is over. You've made your choice. Either to be with the Lord or separated from the Lord forever. Now we are new creations, we are with the Lord. I'm not talking about us as new creations. I'm talking about the Spirit of God is striving with man, unsaved, unregenerate man, trying to bring them to Christ to be saved, that they can live forever. Because the Spirit of God doesn't strive with us. He's working in us. He's he's doing his, His work in us. But with the unregenerate man, that is why it is so important that we need to submit ourselves to the Lord and let him do his work in us while we live. And finally, the fourth reference, Genesis chapter 41, verses 38 to 44. And Pharaoh said to, speaking of Joseph, and Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, speaking of Joseph, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? And what did Pharaoh do? God, Pharaoh, Pharaoh acknowledged that Joseph was full of what? Of the Spirit of God. And what was the result of Joseph being filled with the Spirit of God? What's the result of you being filled with the Spirit of God? Joseph was in prison for a long time, wasn't he? But Joseph believed on the Lord. He was filled with the Spirit of God. Joseph was interpreting dreams by the Spirit of God even while he was in prison, wasn't he? Oh, but Lord, if I'm filled with your Spirit, why am I in prison? Why am I going through this? Why am I being persecuted? Why was I thrown in the well? Why did my brothers try to kill me? Why am I in prison here? Why am I, why, 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 why? But he, he didn't say that. He was trusting in God. He was filled with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God working in Joseph, God exalted Joseph. And Pharaoh made him second in command, gave him a thing and says, Whatever you say, they shall do. Power and authority. When the Spirit of God fills your life, He gives you power and authority. God will raise you up. God will prosper you. God will set you in positions and places because of His Spirit in you. And you just walk with the Lord, endure with the Lord, let the Lord be God, be patient with the Lord, be filled with His Spirit, and walk each day with that fullness of the Spirit in you, and God will exalt you. It's all throughout His Word. All throughout His Word. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit of God guide you through all things through all situations, all circumstances of life, knowing that, Lord, if the Lord be with me, who can be against me? He's the glory and the lifter of my head. And so God, if He fills you with the Spirit of God, He will lift you up. God works in you for good, as Jeremiah 29, 11 says, The plans I have for you are good, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Did Joseph look like he had a future and a hope when he was in the well? Did Joseph look like he had a future and a hope when 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 he was when he was in prison? Did Daniel look like he had a future and a hope when he was thrown into the lion's den? But they were men filled with the spirit of God and God raised them up. Don't despair. Don't worry. You might be in the lion's den. You might be in the well. You might be be cursed by your family wanting to kill you, wanting to have nothing to do with you. You might feel like you're, you're, you're in prison. You can't break out. But stay filled with the Spirit of God. God will deliver you. God will set you free. God will lift you up. God will set you in a good place. And you will be a blessing to everyone. Joseph... Joseph was given that position to be a blessing. Not so much to exalt Joseph, but Joseph had the heart and the understanding that God brought me into this position to be a blessing, able to be a blessing to the people and to set them free. God will raise you up and put you in a place for you to be a blessing and to give testimony and glory to God.